Today we go down to beautiful San Diego, uh, which is a team that should be favored to, well, I, I'd say to, to win, excuse me, win it all for everybody because they're uh, they're that stacked, they're that good. Now, uh, when we look at, uh, at at last year's standings, uh, Jim, we talk about the uh, the Padres in the National League West. They won 89 games, finished uh, still 22 games behind the Dodgers. Now, we've talked Dodgers before. The Dodgers, uh, I don't necessarily know if they're a 22-game advantage over the San Diego Padres anymore, especially because of the Padres' potential offseason. Did they do enough to make themselves better this year? Yeah, they did, Howard. They dropped $400 million to do it. It's pretty good. Pretty good uh, amount of money, right? $400 million. Sol- so- Solid investment. Yeah, not bad. Four hundred million they dropped. <laughs> I want to be better. Here's four hundred million. Make me better. Um, the biggest headliner, of course, the signing of shortstop, former Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogarts. They signed him, the thirty-year-old, to an eleven-year, two hundred eighty million-dollar deal. They brought back a couple of important pitchers, and Robert Suarez got him on a five-year, forty-six million-dollar deal. They brought back Nick Martinez on a three-year, twenty-six million-dollar deal. Signed Jeff Lugo to a two-year, fifteen million-dollar deal. Inked Michael Walker to a one-year, seven and a half million-dollar deal. Inked uh, Brett Honeywell one-year, seven hundred twenty-five thousand. Then they decided they need a few more position players, so they went to the senior citizen market, picked up Matt Carpenter. Two years at $12 million. Nelson Cruz, who has the best eyebrows in baseball history, at one year, $1 million. And they even got Adam Engel, the former White Sox, on a one-year deal as well. They didn't make any trades, but they spent $400 million to get better. And yes, they're now the favorites to win, not only in the National League West, but I could argue, maybe even the National League. Vegas actually still has the Dodgers listed ahead of the Padres uh, for odds to win the NL West, which I think is uh, is comical. I really do. Um, all right, let's talk about it from a, from a fantasy standpoint. I guess you know when we talk about the Padres, I mean, obviously, Jim, the the main focus here it's it's a, a fantastic team. I'll just go around the diamond: Austin Nola behind the plate, Jake Cronenworth at first, Hayseong Kim at second, Manny Machado at third, Xander Bogarts. At short, and then the outfield, Juan Soto, Trent Grisham, um, and you're supposed to have Fernando Tatis Jr. there, but we got a 20-game suspension. Um, he's been playing in spring training right now. Um, the question that I guess everybody wants to know is, you know, the positive PEDS test, was that because he was working his way back from injury and he was using it as a healing thing, or... Was he using before that? I mean, obviously, we're never going to get the the straight answer there. But, you know, Tatis not being there for the first 20 games, significant impact or not really just more of a drop in the bucket? Um, Look, I I think, first of all, with Fernando Tatis Jr., he had three surgeries since the last time we saw him. He didn't play last year. He had a very unique shoulder surgery that we don't have a lot of track record on knowing how guys come back from that. Um, anytime you do a surgery on your wrist, you got to be worried a little bit. And to your point, uh, someone that tests positive for PEDs, to your point, was it to enhance performance or was it to enhance healing? And none of us ever know those kind of things. Um, how is he, How is he going to come back? I don't think any of us know for sure, and aren't going to know until, until we see him. He, he hasn't looked great this spring. Is that because, you know, he's rusty? 
or is it a combination of everything? And I, you know, I don't think any of us know. The Padres seem optimistic, so I think that's a good sign. Um, getting information from them, um, but I, I do think if you draft him, you have to draft him. What? What do you think, Howard? Second round is that where he's been going? That's really kind of where his ADP has been uh, has been so far. Probably like mid second round is on average. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, look, I I think it's. To me, it's worth the gamble. Um, but again, you know, he's three for 22 this spring. And, you know, he's hitting 136. He's punched out one out of three times. And the BP hasn't looked great. Um, they seem to be optimistic, but you would be too, right? If you're sitting there with $340 million commitment to the player. Um, I would be a little bit leery, but I, that's that's me. It's like Jacob deGrom. I love Jacob deGrom, and he looked great the other day. Is he going to stay healthy or is he going to make 15 starts? With Tatis, I think there's risk. There's high reward, no doubt about it. Um, I just don't know if he's worth the second round pick with when you're trying to compare him with people that don't have the issues of three surgeries as well as the PED test. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Okay. I mean, listen, that definitely makes sense. You know, we like to minimize risk as, as much as we possibly can when we're making our early picks. Um, I, I think I've drafted five leagues so far, and I did take uh, Tatis in one just to have a, a, a share of it, to sit and watch and see what happens. And uh, obviously, if I need to, you know, rebuild because he's not performing, well, then I need to rebuild because he's not performing. Um, you know, I can chalk that up to well, uh, you know, I, I took Edwin Diaz in the third, so uh, I need to rebuild my bullpen anyway. That kind of a a situation. So. Yeah, it's definitely about risk. Um, have you drafted him in any league yet? No, I have not. But okay. it, but it's not because I wouldn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you're let's say let's say you're picking like uh, you know fourth or fifth in a twelve team league, so you know you get your 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 top player there, and it comes back around uh, in the second, and you're just beyond the halfway point in the second round and Tatis is still sitting there, would you consider him, or would you say, you know what, let's see if he comes back to me in the third? Yeah, I had that opportunity, actually. So it's interesting you brought that up, and I passed. And by the time I waited to get back in the third round, he was gone. He he went on the wheel between the second and the third. Yeah, so I was picking fourth in a 14-team league, and I I would have taken him in the third round. But I, I... I, I just, I, I just think there's some risk I don't like in the second round. I love the player, and and I, you know, if, if it was a keeper league, I would look at it differently. I would lean to taking a gamble, but in mm-hmm. a redraft league like this, I don't want to sit there and strike out on my second round pick. That's why I have such a struggle with Degrom. I don't want to strike out on that pitch, on, on that pick. You know, I, I think the first three or four rounds are so critical. You you need to hit on them, and and, and then you win the drafts after that. But you got, you really want to hit on your first those first four picks because everyone else is hitting on them and you don't hit on them. You're at a big disadvantage, just like people that took Diaz in the third round. It's not their fault, but now, now they lost that round completely. Yes, I did (laughs) in one league. I mean, you you know, I, I, in one league actually tried to get him or Klaus and they were both gone by the end of the third round. Um, So I would have had him in one league. I was going to try in one league just to see how it played out. But look, I love to teach, but the spring is bothering me. Now, I, I'll, you know, true transparency, I did not go to Arizona. I've only gone to Florida games, spring training games, so I didn't see it in person. So I'm relying on, you know, video, and I'm relying on GMs and scouts that are watching him. 
Mm-hmm. And there's just you know, he hasn't looked great. That's just what they're saying. But it's early. I don't think it means much, right? I mean, I had Ron Gant and Eric Davis who both missed a complete year, and both of them did not look good in spring training at all. And both of them won comeback player of the year. So again, it's Tatis easily could be comeback player of the year, and easily could have an MVP caliber season. Easily, I I just struggle with it. I, I, I just struggle with it. So, you know, I, I'm I'm more on Soto and Machado from the Padres this year than I am Tatis. Soto, Machado, Bogarts, these are these are solid picks for fantasy purposes here. Uh we know Tatis goes early. So let's look at some of the other players here uh and and talk about whether or not they've got any kind of uh fantasy value to you. Hey Kim at second, Cronenworth, who's obviously first base and second base eligible. Maybe Austin Nola. I'll leave out the geriatric ward of uh, Carpenter, Cruz, and uh, and leave it aside there. But what about or Trent Grisham? Maybe does he? Does <laughs> do any of those guys interest you at all for fantasy for depth? Um. So Nola, a little bit of catcher. You know, he's an offensive catcher, so I don't have to worry about his defense a little bit. You know, Cronenworth, I think, can hit eighteen to twenty homers and drive in eighty runs. Um, and he can score maybe even 100 this year with a lineup they have, and he can hit 270 with 34 on base. He's been an all-star the last two years, so I, I like the fact he qualifies at first, second, middle infield, quarter infield. I, I like him as a depth play a lot. I don't like him. I don't like his bat at all. I love his defense. don't like his bat. You know, Grisham is aggravating to me. So, you know, I, I took a chance on him last year in a couple of leagues yeah, because he I does have the speed power combination, <laughs> right? He has both. And, you know, we saw him hit 15 homers and steal 13 bags in 21. Last year, he, he stole 17 homers, only stole 70, hit 184 last year. So his batting average has gone from 251 to 242 to 184. He's won a couple of gold gloves, but I, I, I don't know. I, he could bounce back, but I... You know, we've we've watched him now for three years, and he doesn't seem to get better. So I like him in reality, not as much in fantasy. Kind of like Kim, love their defense up the middle. I'm not sure they're going to score enough for me. So again, I'm I'm all in on Machado, hundred uh, percent in on Soto. Both of them, you know, I, I'll take either one of them in the first round and be happy. Love them both. Mm-hmm. Bogarts is okay. You know, I, I don't like the fact you don't get stolen bases and you don't get twenty five to thirty homers. You do get batting average, and you're going to get runs and RBIs because of the lineup he's in. There's a lot of shortstops I like better because I do like shortstop that steal bases better. But for an example, if I'm deciding between Bogarts and Correa, uh, I'm going to take Bogarts because you're going to win the three categories, batting average, runs, and RBIs. Bogarts is going to beat Correa. So if that's my comparison, then I like Bogarts in that kind of range. But when we get to starting pitching, Howard, I'm all in. All in across the board here. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove, who's uh, out right now because he dropped some weights on his toe. Uh, Blake Snell, Michael Waka, Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo. God, you can even go top further into like Brent Honeywell here. Yeah, Talk when, to I, when I when I say all in, top three starters: Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. I'll take all of them. Uh, Darvish has proven through through like a Cy Young guy. He got the long term deal. He's very comfortable in San Diego. And he looked so good last year. And he's got 12 pitches, and he can adjust like nobody else can because he has 12 pitches. So I love Darvish. Um, I love Musgrove, and he's falling because of his toe. Yeah. Who cares about the few starts in April? Musgrove's a value in drafts. So I'm getting a lot of him recently and happy about that. 
you know, you got a team that might win 95 to 100. So those stars are going to get wins and low ERAs. I mean, they're, and they're going to get volume. And Blake Snell's pitching for a contract. And that kid's got a chip on his shoulder. And he's the only starter not signed long term, right? They signed everybody else. <laughs> Darvish is signed. Musgrove is signed. Walker is signed. Martinez is signed. Lugo is signed. Snell's the only one that's not. He's going to pitch for a baby. He's got a chip on his shoulder. So I love those starters. Go to the bullpen, Howard, because you know I love Josh Hader, third, but now the second best closer in the National League, right? With Diaz out, right? Classe than Hader, maybe? Yeah, I mean, listen, I had to uh, adjust my rankings over here at fantasyalarm.com and uh, took out Diaz. And yes, Classe, number one, Josh Hader, number two. I mean, listen, that's, uh, but again, now the question is, is, you know, Hader was kind of falling a little bit to like the, the late fourth, early fifth round. Does the fact that Diaz not th- being there anymore, does that possibly drive the ADP up a little bit for Hader? Oh, it definitely has to. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any doubt um, it does. It brings everybody up up a notch. It does, because now Diaz isn't draftable. So Hader is now number two. So you, you want him, I think, I think. You know, he's been going in fourth or fifth round. I think he's going to now be definitely end of third round. He's going to be right after Class A. If you if you want an impact closer, it's Class A and Hater now, I think. All right. Yeah, I mean, I you'd not think. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're completely right. That's uh it's it's you know, you could say it's so funny like when I have to make the adjustments to the ultimate cheat sheet and I have to, you know, I have to take Diaz out. And where do I start, you know, moving people up, you know, and do do they move up into his spot or who moves up further, who doesn't move up at all? So all of that there uh, in the fantasy baseball cheat sheet at fantasyalarm.com. You can check it out over there uh, and all the adjustments. It's been updated uh, as early as the day after uh, Edwin Diaz's injury. Uh, Let's talk about the farm system, the depth that we've got here in San Diego. Obviously, there are some spots here, Jim. Designated hitter, center field, second base, first base even. Is there there, there any kid on the horizon for the Padres that we might want to look at? I love Dylan Lesko in a dynasty league, (coughs) Howard. I I absolutely love him. I I think he's an absolute stud pitcher. Um, So, you know, dynasty league, you want to get Lesko for sure. I mean, this is is a no-brainer right-handed pitcher your kind of guy Howard you know 6'2 195 he was the first round pick this past year and uh, STUD just stud uh he came out of Georgia Buford Georgia I believe uh so you want him um they got a shortstop named Jackson Merrill who they'll trade at the deadline he's a pretty good player Ethan Saul's a catcher they'll trade him at the deadline Samuel Zavala an outfielder they'll trade him at the deadline <laughs> Robbie Snelling a left-handed pitcher they'll trade him at the deadline uh they're gonna do whatever they whatever they can to win I mean, I mean, keep in mind, A.J. Preller is as aggressive as GM as there is in the game. Peter Seidler is spending recklessly. Like, I hate to use that word because I love what he's doing for the game, right? He's, but he's spending like he's in New York or L.A. Like, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he's not worried about the, uh, paying the bills later in life. He's just going to spend it all now. And he's trying to bring a world championship to San Diego. He'll trade anybody it takes to win. He'll, lay, he'll, he'll, he'll. He'll sign more players. He's not done. He'll make a run at Soto. He'll make a run at Shohei Otani in the offseason. He'll do what it takes, baby. Just consider the Padres being a big market team like New York or L.A. That's what they are right now. See, I, I like that. I, I like the fact that they want to win that badly. And listen, we, we see it all the time. When you win that world championship, it definitely pays off. 
uh, on your investment. So I dig that, and I and I love the fact that AJ Preller is ex- as aggressive uh, as he is. <clears throat> All right, Jim, uh, let's wrap up our Padres coverage here with uh, one sleeper, one bust. Okay, uh, sleeper. I'll go with Jake Cronenworth um, because I think he is a twenty home run guy that can hit for average, and I think he'll get a lot of runs and RBIs because of the lineup. And I like the fact that he qualifies middle infield, quarter infield, first base, second base, maybe even outfield. I'm not sure, depending on your league. Um, so I think he's a sleeper. I do. I think he's a quiet guy that no one would think about. Uh, bust, I'm going to go with Trent Grisham again. I think he was busted last year. I think he'll bust again this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one there. Uh, Cronenworth is an interesting one. Yeah, as long as he's getting the, the at-bats, that's all I want to see. Uh, you know, there, there's always... I felt like there there might have been some concern that he would uh, would would end up in like a super utility role, but it does not look like that's the case. So, Jake Cronenworth, don't sleep on him, people. The GM's telling you, stay tuned. All right, that's going to wrap up the Padres for us here from a fantasy perspective. And as always, you can hear our MLB team breakdowns anytime you want. You can go to the SXM app and search Fantasy Alarm. You can also go over to the free Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide over at FantasyAlarm.com. Just look for the front office insights. You can't miss it.